This is Risky Women Radio, a show to connect, celebrate and champion women in risk, regulation and compliance. Sharing insight and perspective from the most influential members of our global Risky Women Network on the latest developments we need to think about, the challenges we should all talk more about and the innovation we are most excited about in governance, risk and compliance. Bringing together the hundreds of senior women professionals already connected with a new emerging group of leading women and men. I'm Kimberly Cole, your Chief Risky Woman. This episode is brought to you by our founding sponsor, Refinitiv. Refinitiv serves more than 40,000 institutions in over 190 countries. Refinitiv provides information, insights, and technology that drive innovation and performance in global financial markets. Refinitiv enables the financial community to trade smarter and faster, overcome regulatory challenges, and scale intelligently. Welcome to Risky Women Radio. Today's Risky Woman is Joanna Jenkins. Joanna is the Head of Compliance at RailsBank, a leading UK-based open banking and reg tech platform. She's also co-chair of ACAM's UK chapter. So thank you for joining us today, Joanna. Thank you for inviting me. Pleasure. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, really keen to hear how RegTech is playing a part across all the different platforms that we're seeing and changing um, how the industry operates. So I think we've got a great topic today on the age of the new compliance officer and where compliance meets tech. So can we start with your role at RailsBank? Um, can you give us a quick overview of actually... What is RailsBank and and your role there? RailsBank was set up by um, Clive Mitchell and Nigel Verd and the two co-founders. And their view was that they wanted to produce a platform that was easy integration and allow customers to access transaction banking through five lines of code. So essentially what that means is that as a customer, you can access the platform. You've got very simple and flexible APIs. And it allows you to take an idea to market quickly. You integrate through the API and you've got access to different, um, various different vendors as well. So what that does is it removes the complexity of managing and integrating into those vendors. You integrate once and you have access to it all. Fantastic. And it's sort of for all size of institutions? Yes, a whole variety of customers. So that could be from... You know, a large supermarket wanted to offer a card or we could have um, small startups that have got big ideas. They want to create a neobank or they want to, you know, manage payments in a more efficient and digital way. So, yeah, there's a really lovely mix of people. Also, if you look at this whole piece around financial inclusion, we're Mm. seeing a lot of that as well. And even there's a big space here where the banks won't bank them. So what we do is we provide you know the right controls and infrastructure to be able to manage that risk of a startup but allow them to get into business very interesting and your role at RailsBank specifically um so i run the compliance department that's changed a fair bit from when i started um right at the beginning it was about building out our policies procedures what did we want this to look like um a vision of how we would you know meet the regulatory regulatory requirements, but also for our customers to have a good user experience, because one of the biggest challenges is always, you know, compliance said no. So this isn't about compliance saying no, it's about how can we do it better. Fantastic. Sounds very interesting. So I look forward to hearing a bit more about that. Um, 
So maybe talk about your career journey with us a bit more um, and some of the other roles that you hold, like your role at ACAMS. Well, so what led me to working at Royals Bank? Uh, I started off by working at many of the different big banks, the incumbent banks for Bank of America, Nomura, and my latest stint within the big banks was at Deutsche. And that's where I managed the customer onboarding team for the UK. I worked there and I guess I learned a lot about um, manual processes, Okay, which I'll come back to. After um, working at Deutsche Bank, I got a job as the um, European Head of Compliance for AFEX. AFEX is um, Associated Foreign Exchange, which is a global payments and FX company. That's really where I got stuck in and gained my compliance skills in understanding the complexities of the payments industry and also foreign exchange. And it was whilst I was there that I um, met Clive and Nigel. So that's um, Clive Mitchell and Nigel Verdon. And we got talking about, you know, all the challenges that you face with KYC and customer onboarding, all the new regs that were coming about. And they asked me to be on the advisory board of Rails Bank. And that's how this journey started. I joined um, on the board and then it was, you know, Christmas 2016. And I said, you know, I was looking for something new. I needed something that a job that would fit around, you know, my life and give me that, you know, work-life balance. So in the January um, 2017, I started with Rails Bank. If you ask me why did I join them? Because nothing was built. It was a belief in an idea that they had. I believed in the idea and what we were trying to achieve. I also believed in them delivering what they were saying they wanted to deliver. And, you know, that is what we've built. I guess for me, the beauty has been to start a product and a team from nothing. So to be asked, you know, in a dream world, what would be a perfect situation for you in compliance? Okay, so... You know, we looked at transaction, you know, transaction monitoring, how are we going to do the KYC process? How can we improve user experience? Because one of the biggest challenges is always around, you know, that first point, that first experience that the customer has of you is at that point of onboarding. So how could we improve that piece? So very interesting that, you know, these kind of opportunities can come from maybe the least expected area. So um, that's a that's an interesting point in your career journey. Um, also love this building sort of KYC from the ground up. And I think, as you say, often the, the customer experience it has been less than optimal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's a great way to um, look at using tech, but also great from your um, career uh, perspective as well. Now, you also co chair of ACAMS, is that right? That's right. I was made co-chair in early September, so not too long ago. I was introduced to the ACAMS group through an old manager of mine back at AFEX. I used to report into Anthony Rodriguez, and he's very influential over in the States, especially, you know, he's a key person, an influencer when it comes to, you know, compliance and the payments industry. He introduced me to the team here in the UK, and that's when I started. So I joined as a board member. And then, yeah, sort of worked my way up to assistant VP and then now coach, which is great. So I'm going to do one more year and then I'll step down and let somebody else have the opportunity. Fantastic. So tell us, you know, what are the top three things that people should know about you? Mm, Okay, top three things. First, that I love languages. I enjoy communicating, engagement with people. And I think if you look at the sort of the tapestry of my life so far, It links directly. You know, I was born and brought up in Spain. I went to a Catalan school. 
I then went to boarding school in, in Wales. Um, I can hear my parents' words when they said rebel without a cause in <laughs> boarding <laughs> school. Best thing they ever did, to be honest. I then studied uh, Italian and business studies at UCL, University College London, where I then did one year in Italy where you do your Erasmus year. And I studied international law at the University of Bologna, which was an amazing experience. The second thing that people should know about me, I'm a little bit of a payments geek now, uh, especially when you look at, I I enjoy looking at the plumbing of all the different payments payment schemes. So whether it's faster payment, separate instant, backs, chaps, etc. Don't know if I'm proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy it. The third thing is I've got a beautiful little girl called Bella and she keeps me sane, especially after a hard day. <laughs> Very good. And what's one thing that maybe people don't know about you? That although I've applied for many different licenses, so whether it's an EMI license or an EMI license in Lithuania, the most fun I've had applying for a license is when I applied for my speedboat license. Oh. So, yeah. Speedboat license. Where do you go speedboating here? <laughs> this was done in Bournemouth. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Always interesting. <laughs> and and what's the top piece of advice that you've been given, sort of on your own career journey, or maybe that you would give to others who are progressing in their career journey? I would say, don't be afraid to put your hand up and say, "I don't know," especially in compliance. You're better off saying. I'm not too sure. I'll go and find out and then come back to it as opposed to trying to blag it because it's more important to gain trust with people than it is to be right, especially in this role. Great advice. So let's dig into more around reg tech, technology, the way things uh, are changing and evolving given the, the rapidly changing uh, regulatory environment. You said that RailsBank is a platform that uh, that uh, the industry can use, especially around payments. What are the areas that you're seeing RegTech is really changing the industry? We're seeing RegTech across many different industries. We're seeing it, you know, within financial services around risk management, anti-money laundering, reporting, structured contracts, legal structured co contracts and so on. But what's also very interesting is how the other industries such as healthcare government, and even how we can supervise and regulate the cannabis industry, which is now really emerging. And I think we'll see a lot happening within that area. In terms of, you know, the opportunities that we're seeing in, you know, in financial services, is I would say the three key things for us, and I'm talking mainly from my experience, is around digital identification, financial inclusion, and that all together giving you the ability for actually improving your anti-money laundering and counter-terrorist financing controls. You know, so you're improving on your, your systems, you're able to um, access now better screening tools. And with all of that, it's about improving your preventative measures for money laundering and Fantastic, which is obviously uh, very important just because of the, the human costs and implications of, of some mm -hmm. of that uh, uh, money laundering activity. Yeah. I mean, it does also come with its challenges because new technology has also seen a change in pattern and how people are operating within these systems. So, uh, you know, the sheer volume of and pace of all these transactions, being able to intercept fraud is a challenge. 
But then again, we've got a lot of opportunity in being able to, you know, scale our business and with technology be able to prevent it. But yeah, there's still challenges there. And, and what are some of the most exciting developments then that you're seeing in that space? So I would say what I'm getting very excited about is there's two parts of the RegTech that I'm utilising and integrating. So initially we thought, okay, let's integrate with two, you know, various different digital ID providers, also transaction monitoring tools and screening tools. So we would do the selection, add it to our platform, and then our customers could easily integrate and have access to it. Now, what we've learned, and this is very important, especially when we think about a, you know, fail safe and learn fast environment, okay, is that our customers are very passionate about having their own vendors and being part of that selection process because they want to choose the fraud tool or the identification or biometrics tool that's going to be best suited to their customer base. So we soon realized what we need is not have something already integrated, but in actually bring in a layer between our customers and ourselves within the RailsBank platform that essentially takes all the data from their vendors that they've decided they're going to use for, you know, for fraud or for digital identification. We pull all that data and we standardize it. What that means is that it doesn't matter whether you're using Jumion, Fido, Comply Advantage, one of the other guys, um, the data and the output from those checks is standardized and uploaded onto our digital ledger. What that means is that it's, you know, if the check is a positive, it's a positive, or it's a pass, it's a pass. When I'm then, as the MLRO, doing transaction monitoring, I can clearly see the KYC per the transaction, and one sits on top of the other. What that means is we create this dynamic risk assessment where we have KYC attached and linked to the transaction, which helps us make decisions quickly on whether we believe it's suspicious or not. Excellent. That sounds uh, like it's a very open platform allowing people to integrate as they see fit. Yeah, and they can integrate easily. And what that means is they've still got choice. Yeah. They've got choice of vendor, choice they select it themselves. However, it means that we still have control around it. And you mentioned transaction monitoring there. What Do you have any, um, you know, what's the sort of experience around the developing of real-time transaction monitoring um, and how is tech sort of transforming that? Mm -hmm. We built uh, what we call the compliance firewall. And the compliance firewall is built into the RailsBank platform. And then that gives our customers, you know, the ability to do risk. It gives them risk management access and also regulatory compliance. Now, when we built the compliance firewall, it was during a period of a lot of change. There were new regulations coming in. But in fact, that worked to our advantage because if you look at the second wire transfer regulations, which were part of the fourth money laundering directive that came out in 2017, um, it means that we built that in. So all the reporting requirements, the data attributes that link to that from ultimate sender to ultimate beneficiary, or ultimate receiver and it's all built in which makes it so much easier and I guess that's the beauty of when you start with a brand new system is you build it as you want it we don't have to worry about legacy systems and duplicates uh, different data operating in silo so it's an absolute joy and and given that there is so much change happening in the regulatory space What's going to happen next in terms of, you know, where do you see things going? What what else needs to happen? Because you've had some fantastic developments starting from scratch and understanding the challenges the industry is facing. Where do you see things going now? 
For me, what I'd like to achieve through the technology we've got is as we increase our customer base, we we increase the number of end users who are indirectly using our platform. The more volume we have, the more chances we have of actually identifying serious fraud, patterns for money laundering, but more, you know, close to my heart is the whole piece around, you know, modern day slavery, because you tend to have people who are using, who, you know, who are involved in these crimes, don't just use one platform, they don't just use one bank, they spread themselves across the whole, you know, financial system to be able to conceal those funds. So the more data we have, the more information we have to be able to actually make a good assessment and hopefully, you know, be part of, you know, stopping some of that criminal activity. Fantastic. Yes. A topic that's very close to my heart as well in terms of what we can do. And I agree, data, technology, um, you know, following the money is, yeah. a, is a very important mm-hmm. uh, tactic to use. Um, and given the complexity of the way the financial systems are structured now, I think uh, we need to use every tool that we can to to combat the, the crime. Mm-hmm. So do you have a, a global view um, or even just in the region of, of, you know, who you think is sort of leading in the reg tech space? And I don't know, even if it's like what regulators are doing as as, as far as using reg tech, et cetera. I wouldn't be able to, there's not one player that's, you know, I think stands out for me. There are lots. A few years back, there was less around the reg tech industry. I think now we've actually got a track history of people who do a good job, right? Because we can see it's been working. They've got that history there. But one that stands out, no, not in particular. What I would say stands out is our regulator, the FCA. In comparison to many of the other regulators within Europe, I believe they are very interactive. They're humble in the sense of they will set up meetings and sandboxes to under, to better understand our industry, to better understand the different um, biometric providers that are out there or different ways that we can enhance our reporting requirements. So yeah, I think they're engaging and we're fortunate in that sense. Great. Anything else from, a, you know, things that you think the audience should be thinking about from a reg tech perspective in their own organisations or beyond? I'd say the conversation with the managers, leadership team, the board shouldn't be about adding more people. It should really be about enhancing your technology because enhance your technology, you can scale that. It's all about scalability. You can't scale people. People, you've got attrition. People leave with the knowledge that they've been provided. But I think by creating automation, you can actually dramatically decrease the amount of time that's spent on non-value-add tasks. So I'd say that is the key thing. And also accuracy. Yeah. Through tech, you create accuracy. Into our rapid fire round. Risky Women is a vibrant network at the centre of a global community in a rapidly growing, evolving and influential industry. Given the continued pace of change, our rapid fire round revisits the most pressing topics to share ideas and offer listeners new perspectives. One word to describe the world of governance, risk and compliance. Complex. Mm, yes. <laughs> and the cure for the cost of compliance and the waves of regulatory change. Invest in technology and not in building a larger team. And are you optimistic, pessimistic or neutral in your outlook for the year ahead? Optimistic. I'm already looking at 2020. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a few fun ones. What's a book that you recommend that everyone reads? 
I would say Moneyland. Very good. It was recommended to me by yes. Graham Barrows. What's it about? Money laundering. Oh, it's all about how the rich get richer <laughs> through using <laughs> offshore accounts. But the way it's written is anybody would enjoy it. It's not just for people within the industry. So I even le- lent it to my mum to read. Whether she's read it or not, I don't know. <laughs> I'll see when I go back to see her next. Excellent. Moneyland. All right. Something to watch. Spider's Web. Spider's That's Web. good. It talks, the show, it's a documentary about how Britain went from having the colonial powers to actually being a financial powerhouse. Mm. So yeah, that again, it's about the overseas territories and yeah, we've got a common theme here. Yeah. <laughs> and what's your favourite podcast? Um, at the moment, um, Graham, you can thank me later. It is definitely the Dark Money Files. Oh, I can see that common theme continues to weave its way through. Yes. <laughs> so the content is fantastic. Very good. Excellent. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting to you, Joanna. Thank you for joining us on Risky Women Radio. And thank you for inviting me. I had fun. Thanks. Hi, we're always looking for sponsors and if you'd like to get involved and help celebrate and champion women in risk regulation and compliance, please get in contact at info at riskywomen.org. We'd love to have you join the show. Thank you for listening to this exciting episode of Rescue Women Radio to connect, champion and celebrate women in risk regulation and compliance. I'm Kimberly Cole, based in Hong Kong, For more information on the Risky Women Global Network, head to our website in the episode notes and please be part of the ongoing conversation by subscribing to this podcast, connecting with us at Risky Women on Twitter, or even reaching out to me directly by email.